Hello and welcome to Lake Forest on Topic. I'm Tim Finnegan. Our goal with this podcast is to give the residents of Lake Forest some insight into what's happening within our city and the people and actions that shape it. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. Regular listeners know that I end each recording with the statement that this podcast is a production of Lake Forest for Transparency Organization. However, we've never really discussed what that organization is, who's behind it, and what are its goals. Well, today, that's what we're going to do. My guests are three of the founding members of Lake Forest for Transparency, Jennifer Karras, Susan Saylor Daly, and John Turkla. Along with Diane Casuto, these three founded Lake Forest for Transparency in the fall of 2022 because of concerns around the actions of the Lake Forest Caucus Executive Committee at the caucus's annual meeting. A little on my guests, Jennifer Karras has lived in Lake Forest for 22 years. She's held senior marketing positions for several organizations, including most recently at Guggenheim Partners. Jennifer is a former Ward 1 alderman and has served as president of DPM's APT, chairman of Croya, and an executive member of LFHS Foundation and LFHS Boosters. She is a founder of YD3, a college recruiting company focused on Division III athletic programs. Susan Saylor Daly is a Phi Beta Kappa graduate of Indiana University Bloomington and has been a TV reporter, district staffer for a congressman, a banker, and a software salesperson. She and her husband Richard have two grown sons that have resided in Lake Forest since 2007. Susan served on the Lake Forest Caucus Committee for three years as a past Ward 1 chair. And fun fact, Susan represented her home state of Indiana in 1986 Miss America pageant. John Turkle has been a resident of Lake Forest since 1966 when his family moved here. He and his wife Kathleen, also a Lake Forest native, have raised three children here who attended the School of St. Mary and Lake Forest High School. John has been a longtime youth sports coach for both St. Mary's and the City of Lake Forest Rec Department. John has owned a digital marketing company for over 20 years. Jennifer, Susan, and John, welcome to your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you, Tim. Much, Tim. I'm going to get in trouble if I don't say my husband is Michael, and we raised three children here because John and Susan talked about their kids and their spouses. So That's great. And, so, and I didn't know that Susan was a Phi Beta Kappa Miss America. I mean, nor that did is, I. I am I'm not learning. Miss America, just Miss Indiana. I'm learning. There you go. <laughs> See, you never know what this podcast is going to go for. I always learn something from this podcast, too. All right, let's, so let's start at the beginning. How did you guys go from being individuals who were disappointed with the executive committee's actions um, last fall to starting a group for people who are concerned about the future of Lake Forest? Well, for me, I think it's, I think the answer is it's a little different for each one of us, but we all had a common goal. So I'll speak from mine. And that was literally the day after the vote last November in 2022, when I found out that um, our caucus decided to nullify the results of the vote and move ahead with Randy Tack as their candidate, even though those came out, uh, those people came out to, uh, to vote against that happening. Um, and as I started asking questions and, and digging deeper, I realized that there was more to what was happening with the caucus because of the attacks that were then placed on the opposing candidate, Prue Beidler, at that time. And I called Jennifer because I knew that she had just come off the caucus, I'm sorry, off uh, of being an alderman in Lake Forest, and asked her what her opinion on it was. And she said, can you come over to my friend Susan Saylor Daly's house? And we sat down at the table and started talking and realized that there's no other voice in town right now that can let the people know what's going on. And we're amazed at how many people did not um, even know what had taken place in that vote that were residents in this town. Susan, what was, what was your motivation? I had worked on the 2021 uh, caucus committee's uh, school board candidate campaign, and I was dismayed because we had adhered to the caucus's green and white signs, the um, Mike Adams's adamant and Kim Falls adamant declaration that we needed to stay nonpartisan and that these are our friends and neighbors, and that after the election, we all needed to go back to being friends and neighbors, even though we might have disagreed during the election. And I was quite dismayed at the way the caucus committee was conducting 
the mayoral campaign? Jen? For me, I think it, it was a number of things. I've always been concerned about the, the disappearance of local media. So that for, you know, I don't know, at least a couple of years now, we've, we've there's really been a void of, of places residents can turn for objective, reliable, responsible news coverage of what's happening on in our town. So, you know, then uh, there was this event that happened and I had witnessed other, you know, activity that had happened in town and there was, again, just no place for people to receive um, news accounts of what was going on at board and commission meetings, city council meetings, and, you know, certainly the actions, activities of the Lake Forest Caucus. So we knew that it was time to think through a structure, a way, a platform, if you will, uh, where we could have subject matter experts um, and, again, sort of, you know, very responsible uh, responses and information about the ongoings of what's happening in Lake Forest. So you all got together, you're all equally disappointed in what had occurred. When did you decide to formalize this into to actual organization, uh, which, you know, became Lake Forest for transparency and seek out others who kind of agreed with your uh, positions? I would say instantaneously. We were sitting at the table talking about, and Jen was saying that, there's no real good way of providing information to the residents in town right now. And so um, I said, why don't we create a website? I'm, I'm capable of building a website. I've done it in the past. And it really didn't take us long to come up with the name Lake Forest for Transparency either because it seemed that that was the common theme. There's a lack of transparency going on with our government right now in Lake Forest. Um, and the residents of Lake Forest. It seems to be closed door, and, and it's, those doors seem to continue to be closing, and we couldn't really put our eye on why that was happening at that time, but knew we wanted to dig and knew that the town needed transparency. And I think to synthesize it, because it's not, it's, it is, it's, it's available, I don't want to say rarely available, because, you know, it, it, public, you know, any public conversation is going to be recorded and archived. So, you know, a citizen, a resident can, can, you know, determine how to access that material. But it's, you know, we, we really wanted to do something that would allow it to, you know, be more accessible, more convenient for, for individuals to just have access to what's happening. We also thought that there were a number of people who were thinking the same thing, but not actually understanding that there were other people in town also thinking the same thing. And so Lake Forest for Transparency gave them a forum and a place to go, and they could nod their head and say, okay, it's not just me, or it's not just the 10 people in my immediate friend group. So and, go ahead, Jen. No, and the last point I, w I would say is, you know, even as a resident for as many years, I, you know, I, I worked, I traveled a lot, and I was, honestly, I mean, what, bef before Kevin Cardin approached me to consider, you know, going through the process um, of, of being considered for alderman, I honestly didn't know anything about our local system of governance, um, let alone the fact that there were two alder people within each ward and that there were four wards. So in general, I think that the majority of residents probably are disconnected from what's happening, and you know that's you know another issue because when you know something becomes a little curious, you know unless someone says, "Hey, wait a second, you know we need to ask questions about that or think a little bit more thoroughly about how that occurred or you know what the motivations or agenda was um, on that," you know people just don't pay a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely about accountability. Mm -hmm. We have a representational government. And we, as citizens, have to hold them accountable. But to Jen's point, I'm sorry, Tim, but to Jen's point, which I think is interesting, is um, I think most people, myself, and I think even you, Tim, included, when we just really didn't know the depth of how our government worked in Lake Forest. And, and that the caucus system was a single-party system that selected all of the candidates and then put them up for general election. And then in those general elections, they typically ran unopposed. And, but we do understand democracy, and we do understand what a vote means and, and the meaning of a vote. And again, when your initial question what got me involved, it is, is at the point where the caucus had reached 
the tipping point where they felt emboldened enough to overturn the results of that vote and tell the community it was based on special interest partisan people, and I, I believe that's my neighbors and my friends in Lake Forest, that it sort of became, you know, to, to what we're talking about, the, the, the closed door system and, and what is causing this trend to continue to happen in our town right now. So you, you've decided you're going to kind of formalize and you've created, you even have a name, um, what were your initial goals? What were you going to try to accomplish as Lake Forest for transparency? I, I, this is going to sound really corny, but transparency. Um, You're right. The, 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 it does. It sounds really corny, I know. Um, the information, the, the fact that um, so many in this town didn't know the process for how our candidates became our city council, our mayor, our school board. Um, we felt an obligation as we started to see what could be in our city caucus at that point, that there's a broader stroke of how all these decisions in our central business district are being made, how these decisions in our school board are being made, um, how different uh, aspects of our, our town from turf fields to the bond were not really clearly communicated to the residents along the way. And I believe that we wanted to have a platform where we could just present the information and give people the availability to find and locate that information. It's very difficult to find this information even on the caucus's website for what they're doing uh, weekly. Their notes on their meetings have gone down to you know, a paragraph for a two-hour meeting, things of that nature, where it's very difficult to get this information. And we have a lot of allies and supporters to our website who spend a great deal of time going to the council meetings, following what's going on in the central business district, looking at development, things like that, that help us to give us the information, guide us towards the information that we can present back to the residents. So, so let me turn that a little bit. Do you, do you think your role is more informational or advocacy? Well, I, I, I really do think that both. It's, it's, it's their... It's a fine line. Yeah, but, and they're, you know, I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. They are, you know, they're connected deeply. I, I... One of the things that really troubled me after that election in November is, you know, what, what, what this community started to look like, um, you know, sort of a lack of decency and decorum, integrity, you know, civil discourse. And as an older woman, I started Lake Forest Love because I, w I wanted to make sure that the perceptions of Lake Forest were authentic, really that the stories really reflected who we are as, as a community. So and we, we, I think, you know, David Sweet, who's now the editor, a larger mm -hmm. editor of Lake Forest Love, has just done a tremendous job of um, identifying and accumulating, you know, just incredible amount of, of stories on special people and places in Lake Forest. And, you know, when this occurred, and there were a, a bunch of different things that came out that were angry and, you know, I remember one letter in particular that really went on the attack of Prue. Um, I've never seen anything like it. In fact, a neighbor of mine who who read it was so disgusted at the way that it had portrayed her. I mean, Prue, who's this, you know, just absolutely extraordinary person and leader and, you know, I mean, policymaker and educator and neighbor and friend and mother, she's just, she's really one of the most incredible people we have in town. And it was just a real, it's just an awful, nasty letter. And I think that, that was very provoking. I mean, for me personally, I, you know, I, I it got to the point where as a community, we have to stand up against the things like that and say, no, we're not, we're, that's not who we are and we're not going to tolerate it. Right. And just going back to your point, our goal is to inform citizens so that they can advocate for good governance. And that's what we advocate for. 
good governance. Okay, let me ask you a question. We've had a number of people, former uh, caucus people and aldermen and, and such, on the um, on the podcast, including a historian, our very first one, who talked about the history of kind of caucus government. What do each of you think about the caucus system, and is it something that is beneficial for Lake Forest? Susan, you want to? I think it's a very unique concept. And what we all have to remember is that it used to be that we all came together, the residents of Lake Forest, and got to vote on this. Well, there's a lot of people in Lake Forest now. And so we choose our caucus committee to represent us. And then we all come together to say yay or nay to, the, to their choices. Um, I think it's the reason why our boards and commissions are so strong that they're always that we always have people in those positions. We don't have to go out and hire firms to find those people for us. And it's the strength of our community. Um, as a caucus committee member, you he hear and learn about all these fabulous residents who have had an extraordinary amount of experiences in the business world and internationally, and you're simply in awe that they want to serve their community, our community. John? Um, I'll start the same way Susan did. It's a very unique way of governing. It's a, a single-party governance um, when it works and works for the people, and there's equal representation and all voices are being heard, and they're thinking about our preservation as much as they're thinking about our development. Um, it's a, a, a way of governing at a lower cost because we're not in contested elections each year. It's a way of governing where... We have a caucus system that selects, what, 100-plus committees and plan and, 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 um, and, and aldermen and school board and mayor, and they do do a lot of work and have. And we always have respected, and I think that's very clear for what Lake Forest Transparency stands for. I think we've all respected the process of the caucus and those who have given and committed so much of their time, specifically when they're busy with their jobs or, or with other things. Um, but when it's not working correctly, because it's a single form of government, it can be easily hijacked. And a, you know, the term special interest keeps being thrown around and lobbed at us, and I know we're going to get to that a little later, but the, the, the fact is that um, if you have a very singular group that has a great deal of control over the body that they're selecting, it almost becomes self-governance at that time. They're choosing who the aldermen are. They're choosing who's on the plan. And if we start to see changes happen, we start to see our city side of the government, those elected officials, like uh, our Historic Preservation Committee, which gave a 5-0 vote to not move forward with a piece of property, but the city council overrode that. And we question why has this never before has a 5-0 vote been ignored in our town by the Historic Preservation Committee, who's such a powerful embodiment of our town, to keeping the standards of this town of what it were from a preservation standpoint happen. So that makes you peel back the, the, the layer and say, okay, what's wrong with our caucus right now that's making this happen? What reforms can we bring to the caucus to continue to have a caucus system? Because without it, who's going to pick those hundred and vet those hundred different people for those different commissions and plans? Who's going to vet the aldermen? We need this system in Lake Forest to uh, to continue, um, but again, it can be easily hijacked, and I think that is maybe what we're experiencing right now. So, Jim, what do you think about the caucus system? Well, I agree with, with Susan and John. I think it's it's efficient and efficacious. It's, you know, vitally important to the governance of our city. It has been for almost 90 years. Um, I'm a product of it, so I've been in the inside. I understand, you know, the, the process, and it's it's very thorough, very carefully orchestrated to identify individuals who have the right background, have the propensity, have the passion um, to serve in, in some capacity. And I, you know, but it's dependent on 
on a number of things, as John indicated, it's, you know, the, the community relies on it because it trusts it. And as soon as he, that, that trust, um, you know, is fractured in any way, then, you know, you really have to start looking at it to ensure that it's still the same entity, the same institution uh, that it was when it was established. And, you know, if it's, um, you know, if, if, what's the word? When it's if it's fraying in any way, um, you know, then then you know you have an issue that that needs to be addressed. And I think we've sort of we're at that juncture where we need to question some some things. Um, so I'm going to summarize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of the three of you think the caucus system should be thrown out. No. No. Absolutely okay. not. Hundred percent. All right. Moving on. The. Um, Here's a question, right? We're talking about information versus advocacy or the line between the two or how you move from one to the other. Did Lake Forest for Transparency support Prue Beidler in her campaign as an independent candidate for mayor? Why get involved in elections? We supported the notion that these are our friends and neighbors, that here was someone coming forward to run for public office and was not being treated with the decency and decorum that we would have expected. I'm going to, I'll just be very direct. We are a 501c3 for education and for civic awareness. We are not a political pact. We are not a political party. We never once endorsed Prue Beidler in the election, though we defended Prue Beidler throughout the vitriol discourse that was taking place during the election cycle. Things that were taking place that were unprecedented. Things that were going out on the caucus's own email system that were going to residents in this town that were very partisan-driven, that were very attack-oriented towards Prue Beidler, that called her out for basically being some sort of a left-wing advocate that's trying to break our city apart. And when you look at Prue Beidler and her history in this town, and you realize that she's raised over $8.5 million for this town through different fundraising activities, that she's donated well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars to this town, that she's given her time on commissions, that she's given her time volunteering in this town, as a resident and a fellow resident, how can you not admire someone who's given so much back to this town? And then you see not just the people in this town that have maybe partisan political agendas, but our caucus system itself supporting that throughout the election process. So I can see how they would say we were tied to Prue Beidler. Her name was on our website an awful lot. But it was in calling out the actions of blaming her as a manipulator who altered an election and gave them the foundation to throw the votes away, to claim that lawyers then substantiated this same uh, notion, which they can offer no proof on. And then, as Jennifer was talking about earlier, I've lived in this town a long time, and I've never seen such hate and vitriol said in an election cycle ever. And we've had contested elections in the past, and we've had angry elections in the past, and we've had mudslinging in the past, but never to this level and never where it was tied directly to our caucus. Mm-hmm. I would just add that electing Prue was, was never the impetus of starting this organization. Oh. And, but we we were going to defend any resident, Prue or anybody else, who chose, um, you know, to launch a contested election, and um, you know, make sure that they, you know, they were treated with the utmost respect and admiration for, you know, believing in something. And in her case, um, you know, she's just had the utmost character, and you know, I've worked with her personally. I mean, I know what kind of a leader she is. Um, so, you know, personally, I'm I'm enormous fan of hers, but, you know, we, we would have supported um, any individual who had the same interest and level of passion that Prue has. Yeah, and the caucus is, caucus committee, the caucus is supposed to be nonpartisan, and what we found were highly partisan attacks done in the name of the caucus committee. Mm-hmm. And still are. Yes. 
So back to the caucus. The election's over. Um, we all know how it came out. The caucus has two meetings a year, the November annual meeting where they slate, and then the uh, spring meeting where they basically pick the executive committee members. Um, after the election, Lake Forest for Transparency had some issues with the caucus executive committee at its spring meeting. What was the concern there? Well, it's, it, it's kind of a pattern of what was happening with the voting mechanism within our caucus. And the caucus was having a tough time, specifically after the residents in Lake Forest started getting more involved and educated on what had already happened in the previous November. And there were concerns about how they were going to treat this vote because in the previous vote, they threw it away. Um, and so this vote, so, so we're clear, the, the, the fall vote is for candidates that will go into a general election. The spring vote is for the executive committee of the caucus, and it's self-selected. They put themselves up. Traditionally in the past, the ballot has been each candidate and a yes-no vote. And at this, uh, um, um, at the spring vote last year, they decided to alter the ballot. Another one of these little doors that we see happening with our, the closing of doors with our caucus and present a ballot of the entire slate of the executive committee and a yes only vote. You weren't allowed to vote no. And again, putting us in a position of questioning how, you know, how much do they really believe in the vote that they have in their own bylaws. Mm -hmm. And I would just emphasize that, you know, for us it was about democracy and, and the meaning of democracy and individuals who reside in a community and have registered to vote um, and have the opportunity to participate because they are members and, you know, an important part of the process. You know, it's... You just have to be behind democracy. And I also say today is um, the 82nd anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And, you know, the, the, the I, I was about 2,400 individuals, service members and civilians, and 1,200, um, 2,400 actually died and 1,100 or so were injured. Um, two battleships were sunk and 188 aircraft destroyed and all in the name of, you know, of our values, American values and protecting democracy against fascism. And it's, you know, democracy is, is the essence of who we are as American citizens. And, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're seeing activities happening at all levels of our government, and you know, it's even though this is localized and very, very close to home, I mean, it's really important for each of us as American citizens to pay attention to um, what's happening. The University of Notre Dame has recently taken up democracy as a focus for its institution. It's one of several, but it is a focus, and I'm quite astonished, actually, mm -hmm. that we would need that. In 2023, um, the organization became a little more active in, in its newsletters and Facebook group and, and website in um, talking about development in Lake Forest. And the first thing it kind of looked at was the central business district redevelopment plan that the city had run a program for a uh, year and a half, I think, or so, of looking into what should happen downtown. Why did you guys turn your attention to, to that particular issue? Development is really important. The buildings we leave behind will last far longer than our tenure here, whether we end up moving away or whether we pass here in Lake Forest. And they are our legacies. Buildings have defined Lake Forest. When you come into Market Square, when you see the Deer Path Inn, you have a sense of history. And we want to make sure that that is continued. It is easy, very easy, to lose that flavor and that sense of what our downtown is if we're not careful. The drive for profit can overwhelm the long-term view for our citizens. 
I happen to remember when the Lake Forest Garden Club was funding the project to redo Ring Road in that upper part of the mm -hmm. bluff, and they put forth their idea to completely do away with Ring Road. And the outcry from the community that they wanted that, that it needed to be preserved, they put it back in. Mm -hmm. And so it's that responsiveness that I would have liked to have seen from our government that I have not seen. Um, this is this is a good question, Tim, because this is another misunderstanding or misnomer that's been cast upon our organization, that somehow or another we're anti-development. Anti-development or good development are, are um, well, they're mutually exclusive, but good development versus bad development or uh, untethered development is more of the question of what's happening right now in, in how we're looking at the Central Business District. We have, I just mentioned earlier about the 5-0 vote. Um, that was for a building that is being built. There was a group called Block the Box that came out because there's a series of buildings that are all exactly the same that keep being built in our city, which never really seemed to fit the footprint of our Central Business District. I mean, yes, we've had it in other areas. We have Crystal Point and we have other areas in Lake Forest where we've had like-looking buildings, but not that directly faced or were part of our central business district. And what we're seeing is, um, and, and just a, a quick history here, because another part that got me into this, and everyone's heard the story at this table, but our, is that my father was very actively involved in the city um, and was a city developer by trade and served on the plan commission and volunteered his time as the uh, a city planner to the city during one of the largest development growths in Lake Forest in a, in a short period of time, which was um, the Settler Square and, and the ponds and Conway Farms and the, the business development on the tollway. Um, that all, all those were happening within years of each other. There were a lot of developers, there was a lot of money that was going to be made, and there was a lot of outcry. In fact, the last time we had a similar vote turnout to one of the annual votes was back in that time. And, and I say that because we have not hired a city planner to do a land use study of what's happening in our, in our downtown, yet we're continuing to move forward with development. We have altered parts of our, um, our zoning codes uh, after the fact, after buildings have been built in terms of what our rooftops are, in terms of what gas grills can be on top of rooftops. And they may seem minor, but they are in place for a reason. And if you ignore them, if our government leaders are ignoring them in lieu of moving forward quickly with development, we want to take a step back and say, what's it, we're not anti-development, we're proper, we're good development. We want to know what's best for, for the downtown. And I think this sentiment is shared because this is the toughest one. Because if the residents aren't paying attention now, it's too late. In 10 years, we could have a row of 30 like-looking buildings that were all approved by our city council that will completely change the composition and the look and feel of our downtown, which, let's face it, I mean, we have the oldest mall in the world with Market Square. We have such character in this town. We've adhered to such high standards, even with all the development that's taken place with the newer buildings that have built in Lake Forest that have to adhere to these standards. And if we start to break these standards down one at a time so we can move more quickly on development, the end result is we lose the unique qualities of Lake Forest, and we do start to become so many of the other towns that are moving in that direction. I think it's important to note that there are towns around us trying to look like us. Yes. <laughs> Lincolnshire put together a development plan so that it would have more of a town feel. Mm -hmm. It's my understanding that uh, Wilmette or Winneka recently voted to form a town square similar to Lake Forest. Um, you can see this also uh, in Vernon Hills. Their um, town square, if you will, is the mall. But they are also they are trying to be us. But it's important for us to stay us. Yes. Yeah. Well, there are established criteria, historic preservation criteria and code that shouldn't be open to interpretation. Those 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 laws are there 
you know, to direct, um, you know, decision making and to preserve the integrity of the city of Lake Forest. It is, you know, a very, very unique, architecturally, uh, extremely unique um, place in the country. This fall, um, the executive committee of the caucus came back on your radar. <laughs> they proposed something called the Caucus Preservation Act which introduced a number of changes to the bylaws of the Lake Forest Caucus, the most impactful of which was eliminating the vote at the annual meeting of the caucus, which is all the registered voters of Lake Forest, um, that would approve its candidate slate. In effect, it would be, the slate would be whoever the slating uh, of the caucus executive committee put forward, and, and that was that. Um, Lake Forest for Transparency was actively involved in defeating that measure at the annual meeting this past November. Can you explain your thoughts on, first, obviously, the CPA, which, you know, your opposition to as well documented, and then how you went about making sure that, um, that, that, that you were able to keep that out of the bylaws? I, I think, as a whole, we were really successful raising awareness uh, about what was going on, and, you know, more people came out to participate in the vote than ever had in the history of Lake Forest in a municipal election. And it's, um, you know, again, back to my comments on democracy. I, you know, people, people were, were, were really angry that, that's, that, in, that the Lake Forest caucus had proposed removing their right to participate in a democratic process. And, you know, they can, the caucus, you know, framed it at one point as saying, well, it's it's just advisory. It's not really, you know, it's not a legitimate kind of, you know, vote that, you know, is taken seriously. But again, as, as and Susan can speak to this better than I, as members, as general members of the caucus, I mean, there's there are very few opportunities to take part in that process. Um, and this is one of the most critical aspects of that process. Susan, maybe elaborate. I definitely agree. I was explaining this to my aunt, the situation. Um, my aunt, who has uh, a simple high school degree, and her immediate reaction was, <gasps> <laughs> because it does go back to democracy. It goes back to a representational government. The caucus is not us. If only 40-some people, 43 currently, are making the decision as to who's going to be put on our general ballot. When things are going well, people are probably not going to be turning out to vote. When things are not going well, people will turn out to vote, and they will have a voice. And that's what we wanted to ensure, that they would still, the general members of the caucus, have a voice. So how'd you go about it? <laughs> well, two things. The, the, this was, you know, and, and this was probably a great awakening for our town and and people that we didn't even know were out there were getting involved and actively getting involved the new names that came up the people that were signing up on our website those that took place to walk around and hang door hangers and volunteer time for us um, were fantastic uh, how we went about it Tim was it was a simple it was they're taking our vote away I mean, I didn't know which, what more I needed to say after that when I was talking to people. Our caucus, who threw away the results of the vote last year, changed the ballot last spring, now say the vote is no longer necessary. We need to eliminate it altogether. But to probably their dismay, um, because the caucus has been able to operate sort of under the radar for so long, I believe this last cycle, this, this CPA vote, if you will, that they put on the ballot, has really motivated and, and activated a lot of residents in this town to pay a lot more attention to what's happening within our city government. But let's be clear, what we won was what we already had. We didn't win anything new. We preserved what's been in place for 70 years since they adopted the bylaws in the 1950s. What we really need is true reform in our caucus and we need to see evidence that our caucus is listening to those people that they've so brazenly called partisans or fringe outsiders or other unique colloquialisms that have come across the board from from the name-calling convention and um, and and really need to start focusing we need to see change 
in who's going on our boards. We need to see change in how people can be elected to the caucus. The, this process, just in the last four years, Tim, went from people's names being on a ballot uh, to the caucus just basically saying, we're going to select who the names are on the ballot and we'll tell you who to vote for. It's these little doors that keep closing within our caucus system that are removing them from engagement with our community as opposed to welcoming engagement in our community. Lake Forest for Transparency has also been called a leftist, liberal, or big D Democratic group that is trying to kill the Lake Forest caucus and take over the town via partisan politics and Remake it in your own vision, whatever that might be. Uh, apparently, you also hate Lake Forest, its traditions, and any and all new development. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, let's start with I love Lake Forest. Um, I moved to Lake Forest when I was two years old. Uh, met my wife, who also moved to Lake Forest when she was two years old at Lake Forest Day. Um, proposed to her a year later at Lake Forest Day. We got married at St. Mary's Church. We raised our family here, uh, who went through the school systems, both the Catholic school systems and the public school systems in Lake Forest. Um, and I can't think of any other place I would want to live. And I, I think that sentiment is for all, everyone that's involved with our organization. We're fighting for the love of this town. We're not fighting to divide or break this town down. It's, uh, and it's a common misnomer, which feeds right into the big D. Uh, the partisan politics that have been engulfing us from, from a national to a state-to-state -state level are here. They've reached our town. We have a podcast that professes it. We have many publications that have come out uh, for, from the Gazette to the Shields Township uh, paper to other right leaning uh, organizations that the caucus seems to be aligned with right now. So the obvious choice is to throw it back. What was the term you used uh, where you're throwing it back? Um, uh, Susan, Accusing uh, your opponent yeah, yeah, of you exactly what book, you're doing. Right, yeah. Rules for radicals. Rules, rules for radicals, where it seems like we've done nothing. We've never taken a democratic stand. We've never really talked about the politics on a national level other than the vitriolic attacks that are happening in our campaign cycle, yet we find many organizations um, that are supporting our caucus that our caucus isn't even condemning their support of that came out in the CPA vote that have come out in other votes. So, no, uh, if you look at our board and you look at all of our members, you will find, um, I mean, two of the four of just the founders uh, are registered Republicans. And if you go through our whole group, we have Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, uh, all with the goal of separating the partisan politics and focusing on, our, focusing on our local government and the things that affect our community. Lake Forest is a generational town. There are families who have been here four, three, possibly even four generations. There are families who move here, love it, and hope that their children will come back to it. Lake Forest has a value system. And some people might call it an old-fashioned gentility. It's important to maintain that. And that's what our focus is, to maintain that, to make sure that its governance is representational of the viewpoints of the citizens of Lake Forest. I mean, I, I too feel the same way. We're deeply in love with our hometown and um, you know, very proud of raising three children here. We moved here. Um, our two youngest kids, our daughters, went to Joy Time Preschool, which is on um, yep. Maywood, which, you yep. know... It's is, about as classic a place as you'll find. It really, I mean, that's the story it. unto itself. Um, but just a very, very special place. And then went to Sheridan School and Deer Path Middle School and, and the high school and um, went on to college, and they're very, very successful in their own rights. It's, you know, this this wonderful, traditional, conservative place, and not politically conservative, but just conservative in the sense that, you know, it's it stays true to, you know, really important values, American values, you know, human values, uh, environmental values, you know, development values. It's, it's, it's a really, really special place. And I... 
my husband went to Lake Forest Academy, so he was familiar with Lake Forest. I grew up in New England on the North Shore of Boston in a, a community that's actually 200 years older than Lake Forest, about the same size, 25 um, square miles, and uh, probably, I don't know, about 18, 16, or 17,000 people, a little bit smaller population. Uh, but for, for 400 years, to this day, only has one central store. One place where people can go to the post office, get their gas, go to the bank, you know, pick up candy, pick up grocery items, get breakfast, get pizza. One store. They've preserved that idea of, you know, of, of making sure that it is a community that doesn't have commercial development. And, you know, not that that's right or wrong. It's just the, the fact that they've established that that's important to it's Boxford, Massachusetts. And I just, I think the same thing with Lake Forest. It, it really cares about what it is and preserving it, and not just aesthetically, but uh, the values of the people who live here. And, what, and I'm sorry, because that's a really good point, Jen, and that is, not only that, but institutionally, we've focused on that. We do have a hundred different plans and commissions in the town who all have very specific uh, 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 mantras of what they're looking for. Whether and it's not just our plans and commissions. We also have things like the open lands and Ragdale and and the, the most beautiful beach on the planet, and specifically on the whole North Shore. Um, not, not the planet. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I like our beach. There's some other pretty beaches. You are, you are correct. Okay, maybe I overspoke there. Um, but but the the fact is, and, and that's sort of the tie to what I think we're doing on this podcast today, is for our institutions to survive, they have to have those people serving on those, those those boards and those plans and those different committees that we have that have a focus on that. Susan's very active in garden and the garden committee and and we're seeing a change. We're seeing a change out in the people that are on those boards. We're seeing an ignoring of those boards um, and commissions but they'll come back because this institution is too strong and the people behind our town are too strong to not let it get back to where it needs to be. And as we look at the the changes in our town or the the big D or the the the, the hatred, we are not that. We we are the opposite. We want everyone to get involved and everyone to know what's going on in Lake Forest. And just to clarify, I am part of the Junior Garden Club, but I am not part of the committee. Those That's true. women right. work far harder than I do. Right. <laughs> So, you know, we're about one year into the existence of Lake Forest for Transparency. How would you summarize what you stand for and what you are trying to achieve? Start with Susan. Good governance and accountability. Yeah. Um, as we said, we came into this vote. It, the, that we just got through in, 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 of them trying to take our vote away. And, and we, as, as stated, we're just basically back to where we were beforehand. Um, so moving forward, to me, I think attention to what's happening and information to be provided to the residents of our town. And my goal uh, specifically is reform within our city government right now that is including all of these voices that are being called partisan or outlier or whatever else who are residents with concerns in this town that may not be the same concerns that other residents have. Jen? I, I think about in terms of the, the spirit and culture of, of our community, you know, ensure, ensuring that, you know, people aren't worried about... Um, you know what they do, how they think, um, what they wear. I mean, it's it's you know just we want people to understand that they can trust. They can you know they can trust their elected officials that um, you know we're going to push for you know the transparency of information of you know decision making and you know and truth and just uphold that there's you know that. 
everybody is truthful, that there's no small faction of people working behind closed doors, um, orchestrating decision-making um, in a forum that is, you know, isn't approved, isn't, you know, isn't public and doesn't adhere to policies, procedures uh, that have been established and worked really well for, for our city for, for as many years as it's been here. That's great. And, and addressing the most relevant topics to our town right now. You know, as, as we've been discussing post-election, what are we going to do next here at Lake Forest for Transparency? We sort of look at three areas. We look at what's going on in, 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 with our, our schools right now. There's a great deal of debate in town as to what's going on. There's organizations like Parents Care, who we've had on the program, who have different viewpoints on how our testing is going. We're looking at our central business district and this rapid movement towards like building development that's taking place in our, in our, in our downtown. And a lot of those concerned citizens around, like Block the Box and some of the others who have taken a stand against what's going on. And then most importantly, we're looking at how our governance is acceptive of the people, accepting of the people uh, in our town and how they can be represented be representatives as well within our community, how they can become caucus members, how they can become civic leaders in our town, and what that process is, because that's the that to me is the grayest area, because just in the last five years, I've seen such dramatic changes into the policies and processes of how our caucus is working and selecting those people, and it seems to be a closing door that we'd like to reopen. I would also add that we want to do this within the framework of civil discourse. <coughs> exactly. And we want people to be able to state their opinions and not be made fun of or be dismissed. Very good. So, uh, Jennifer, Susan, John, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate you uh, being on uh, your podcast. Tim, we thank appreciate you, Tim. you thank hosting you so much, the Tim. podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you very much. Lake Forest on Topic is a production of the Lake Forest for Transparency organization. To learn more, go to lf4transparency.com. That's lf4transparency.com. If you'd like to support the organization and this podcast, there is a donate option on the webpage. This podcast was produced by the three people I spoke with today. John Turkley did double duty as both a guest and sound engineer. I'm Tim Finnegan. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you, Tim.